Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. Hey, it's New Year's weekend, and we're beginning our third year of radio shows here at Rudy Maxa's World. Glad to have you aboard. If you're headed to San Francisco this weekend, I hope you made your hotel reservations way ahead of time. Hotels there have jacked up their weekend prices by as much as 500, excuse me, 450 percent, according to news reports. That 450 percent spike is courtesy of a hotel called the Knob Hill Hotel, a two-star property near Union Square in San Francisco. It normally costs you 109 a night for a room there. On New Year's Eve, it's 499 Yikes. For about 100 bucks more, you can snare a room this weekend at the San Francisco Ritz-Carlton or the very, very swanky Mandarin Oriental Hotel in the financial district of San Francisco. Hmm. Well, if you haven't guessed it already, this show is all about travel. And if we can't save you from overly hyped hotel prices, well, then I'm not doing my job. Every weekend, my team and I work to bring you the latest in travel news, changes in travel rules that might affect you, deals that might save you money, and interviews that I hope uh, will entertain or enlighten you. You're going to hear some of our favorite interviews over the course of the next two hours, including one coming up with a maritime historian, John Maxtone Graham. He's an expert on the Titanic, and he's going to take a new look at that big ship that met, met with tragedy on its inaugural sailing. And when you're thinking about a vacation this coming year, don't overlook the National Parks of Canada. The Director of National Celebrations for the Canadian Park Service will join me. And then here's a question for you. How do you bring more adventure into your life? Well, Matt Walker thinks he's figured that out, and he'll be here to talk about his book called Adventure in Everything. Now, this isn't a book listing adventure vacations. It's a book that asks if you've ever wanted to feel more engaged and present in your life. If so, Matt Walker has some interesting ideas on how to make your dreams and passions a bigger part of your everyday life. I'll have a deal of the week at the end of the hour as usual, but let's start with a look at travel news this week. Well, despite a rise in airline passengers and flights worldwide this year, I'm happy to report that 2011 sent a record for the least number of passenger fatalities in the air. The last, this last post-war record was set in 2004 when one, point, one per 6.4 million passengers died in an airline accident. 2011 came in at one passenger death for every 7.1 million passengers. And back in 2004, let's keep in mind, there were 30% fewer passengers on fewer flights. Those numbers are the best ever for carriers flying Western-built planes, the best since the International Air Transport Association began compiling numbers in the 1940s. Now, this doesn't mean any of us can let our guard down. Developing nations need to redouble their efforts at pilot training and aircraft maintenance, while the major accident rate in North America is about one per 10 million flights. It's 40 times that in Africa. Whew. Close to home, American pilots have to improve their safety on the ground. Uh, we have too many planes sort of sliding off the runway. And pilot up trainings, uh, pilot training's got to be upgraded and kept current with all these new planes coming out with more and more computerized cockpits. Those new pilot rest rules just promulgated a couple of weeks ago by the Department of Transportation may well uh, keep the numbers strong for us for another year or so, especially among commuter pilots who have faced multiple takeoff and landings, takeoffs and landings during their sometimes long work shifts. The longer rest periods mandated by 
uh, DOT may well keep them sharper of mind while behind the cockpit. By the way, the union representing Federal Express pilots uh, expressed outrage that those new rest rules were only aimed at commercial pilots, not cargo pilots. UPS pilots have already filed a lawsuit against the Federal Aviation Administration contending that, car contending that cargo aircraft fly in the same crowded airspace, land and take off in the same crowded airports, and face the same challenges as pilots flying passengers do. Transportation Secretary Ray LaHood said his agency couldn't make a cost-benefit case for cargo pilots because they generally fly at night when the skies and airports are less busy. One of the most often asked questions I get these days is, should I vacation in Mexico? Well, despite the much-publicized murder rate there, tourism numbers were actually up last year. My answer to that is, yeah, go to Mexico. Enjoy yourself. Most of the violence is between drug gangs and those gangs and the government. But this week brought the bad news that three Americans on vacation were killed while gunmen attacked buses in the eastern Mexican state of Veracruz. That area is a major oil export hub that's become a center for gang violence. Uh, my advice is, if you're going to Mexico, stick to well-known vacation sites such as Los Cabos or Cancun or Puerto Vallarta. There are dozens of great places to go in, in, in Mexico, and it's a big country. Well, in-flight Internet connectivity hasn't been a huge hit with passengers yet, according to financial writer Dan Frommer. But the company that provides most of that service, GoGo, that's what it's called, GoGo, is GoGoing public and hopes to reap $100 million from the market. So far, its two main clients are Delta and American Airlines, and the trend, at least, seems to be the company's friend. The average revenue per passenger on commercial airlines the first nine months of this year was about $0.04, cents, almost double from a year before. GoGo's outfitted about 1,300 commercial planes with Wi-Fi that can be used over land where there are relay towers, and it has contracts to wire up another 525 planes. That'll give it nearly 2,000 uh, planes where you can do email and check your Facebook page uh, while flying. GoGo's not yet profitable, but revenue is growing and operating loss is shrinking. Now, while I'm not recommending you run out and buy stock in the company when it becomes public, I predict Wi-Fi in the air will grow more popular and be a fixture on more planes in the near future. Unlike, say, those telephones that many airlines installed in planes years ago, uh, they learned that passengers don't necessarily want to pay a buck or more a minute to talk on the phone while flying. Well, this hotel started its life as a Ritz-Carlton. Now it's a St. Regis in Aspen, Colorado. It's a member of the luxury family of hotels managed by Starwood Hotels and Resorts. It just got more luxurious. Its owners just finished a second phase of a major renovation. It cost more than $35 million. The hotel's owner is an investment company in Bangkok. It bought the hotel from Starwood in October, but kept Starwood around for on a 50-year contract to manage the place. But here's the interesting thing about this refurbishment. The new owners could have sold off all that used furniture, but decided instead to donate it to the local Habitat for Humanity folks. The hotel sent three tractor trailers, and the local president of the nonprofit that builds homes for folks who can't afford them said the furniture was in great shape. He said that Look, someone spent $1,000 a night to sleep in these beds the night before, so they ought to be worth something on the open market. Habitat is offering the furniture for sale at its store called Restore. So if you're in the market for some upscale hotel furniture, head on over to their store at Cattle Creek Center. It's near the intersection of Cattle Creek Road and Highway 82. It's about a 45-minute drive from Aspen. And finally... This story seems to make the rounds every year about how U.S. Uh, employees rank at the bottom of a survey of countries who have laws requiring employers to provide a minimum number of vacation days. The survey was done by Human Resource uh, 
a firm called Mercer, and it looked at statutory holiday entitlements in 62 countries. United Kingdom came out on top with 28 required days of vacation for employees. Poland came in second with 26. Mercer says even if vacation isn't mandated by law, though, it's the norm in the U.S. for employers to give workers with 10 or more years of experience three weeks of paid vacation a year. That, of course, then raises the issue of whether American workers take that paid vacation given to them, and study after study indicates the answer is no. Many American workers leave unused vacation days on the table year after year. Well, I hope you're on holiday on vacation this weekend, Monday as well. Stick around. You're in Rudy Max's world where it's all travel all the time. Up next, a new look at the wreck of the Titanic. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Attention savvy travelers, Rudy Maxa here. If you're like me, you can't afford to take chances when you travel. You need medical evacuation service that's dependable and won't cost you a fortune in hidden fees. You need MedJet Assist. As a member, if you're hospitalized over 150 miles from home, MedJet will arrange medical transfer to the hospital of your choice free of charge. Believe me, you won't find protection like this from any other company, which is why I'm a member. It's time to travel smarter. Visit TakeTripsNotChances.com and sign up today. MedJet Assist. Take trips, not chances. My wireless internet bill was really adding up. So to save some money, I just used my neighbor's unpassword-protected Wi-Fi for free. It's unpassword-protected because the signal doesn't go outside of the house. Now get off my couch. Not to mention, I recharge my laptop for free. Mm-hmm, not free. And while I wait for all my downloads, they really need more bandwidth. I just grab a soda. Not much of a diet fan, but beggars can't be choosers. You're not begging, you're just choosing. Neighbors are great. There's an easier way to save. Get online. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more more on car insurance heritage for the blind reminds you to be kind there's something you can do for those who depend on you call 1-800-DONATE-CARS 1-800-DONATE-CARS today heritage for the blind is an irs recognized charity and your donation is tax deductible Whether your car runs or not, we'll tow it away for free. And as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day hotel voucher to one of many exciting locations. So be a star. Donate your car. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS or call 1-800-555-6689. And remember, you can prevent blindness by getting your eyes checked annually. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS. 1-800-DONATE-CARS today. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It is 18 minutes after the hour. Nice to have you here on this, uh, well, in some places, Indian summer weekend here in Minnesota, for example, where I live. It's uh, been in the... Um, it's been in the 80s, amazingly enough. That'll change soon enough. John Maxstone Graham is a maritime historian. He's made a career of writing about the world's great cruise ships. He grew up in New Jersey. He was the son of a Scottish father, an American mother, and he took his first cruise across the Atlantic when he was only six months old, and he's taken dozens and dozens since then. After serving in Korea as a U.S. Marine and a short career as a Broadway stage manager, he began writing about ships and started lecturing on them in 1972. He's got a brand-new book out. 
It's called Titanic Tragedy, A New Look at the Lost Liner. John, welcome to the show. Good morning, Max. Good morning. Really now, nice to chat with you. Nice to chat with you, too. Let me start by asking you what you mean by a new look at what happened to the Titanic. Well, uh, she's the most written-about ship in the world, without any question, and my decision was to do a book not full of illustrations, because all the illustrations have been seen and are very well known, just a book for reading. And I decided to cover a lot of things that most people ignore. For instance, the two M's, the Marconi and Morse, who invented, in effect, the communication system that saved over 700 lives. And then I go to the construction of the ship at Belfast, Harlan and Wolf shipyard, then to construction of the dock from which she sailed, which had just recently been revived for the Queen Mary II, and then on to the actual business of the collision, abandoning the ship, getting into the boats, and um, what, what, the extraordinary thing was how so many of the passengers refused to believe that they were in danger. Ah. Uh, there was a man called Carl Baird, and he was quoted as saying, first-class passenger, to our minds, the idea of Titanic sinking was preposterous. And the larger the ship, the more uh, immune they feel. Uh, Albert Caldwell, another man, described a lifeboat. He said the flimsy little thing didn't look safe. And yet there, were, there was unquestionable indication that the ship was uh, taking on water. There were five postal officers two Brits and three Yanks, and they were all drowned, and they appeared in the corridors full of passengers who were confused and didn't know what had happened, and they were carrying in their hand bundles of wet letters and parcels, and their trousers were wet up to their knees, one man remembered. And yet, shortly afterwards, the steward came by and said, everything is all right now, sir, you may turn in. In other words, this curious reluctance to face facts. Wow. There were t two sisters from Philadelphia, friends of the Wideners, the Eustace sisters, and Elizabeth had gone up to investigate, and Martha stayed in the cabin. She didn't think anything was wrong, but the curious thing that convinced her was that she looked out in the passage and saw a man who every night had put his shoes out to be cleaned, and she saw him bring them back into the cabin that night, and she, that for some reason convinced her that she should get up into a lifeboat, so she finally did. Oh, my goodness. Let's go back to the M&M. I guess you're saying that by being able to send out an SOS signal and the, the, Car, the Carpathia was, what, about 80 nautical miles away or so? She was 54 miles away 54 on her miles. way to a cruise in the Mediterranean uh, full of cruise passengers, and suddenly her wireless operator, who was about to go to sleep, uh, sitting on the edge of his bunk and heard this extraordinary single, CQD. It wasn't SOS. Phillips, the operator who sent out the message, used the old-fashioned CQD, and he wrote down the position of the ship and raced along the bridge and woke up Captain Rostron. And Rostron turned Carpathia around and dashed north for 54 and, miles. And that's what allowed those who were managed to, to stay alive floating in the sea the to survive. Yeah, yeah, survived. Now, speaking of the lifeboats, you write that during the ship's evacuation, men were not permitted on one side of the ship, but were invited to embark on another. What's, what was that about? Yes, it was a most extraordinary uh, contrast. Uh, and this was from Captain Smith, the captain of the vessel. <clears throat> he said to one woman who had asked if her husband could join us, he said, no, women and children only, and quite firm about it. Shortly thereafter, on the other side of the ship, uh, Four people, two husbands and two wives, asked, is it all right if our husbands get in? Of course you may get in. 
So it was a curious uh, yes and no, depending whether you were the port side or the starboard side, or depending on the number of seats in the boats. And one of the saddest things was that the man who designed the ship, uh, Thomas Andrews, who was on board, uh, I contrast two messages. One, a letter he sent to his wife in Dublin from Southampton on the 9th of April. The Titanic is now about complete and will, I think, do the old firm credit tomorrow when we sail. And then at, on the boat deck at 1.30 a.m. on the 15th of April, ladies, you must get in at once. There's not a minute to lose. You cannot pick and choose your boat. Don't hesitate. Get in. Get in. So you could see that he realized what was happening and he knew the end was near. We're talking with John Maxstone Graham. His new book is called Titanic Tragedy. It's published by W.W. W. Norton. Um, uh, John, you interviewed, you interviewed, you have over the course of the years, interviewed survivors of the Titanic, haven't you? Yes, I've interviewed several in depth, and the most intriguing was a woman called Violet Jessup, <coughs> whose name came for me from my mother. She said, you should see if she's still living. So I found out that she was, and in July of 1970, I went down to her little retirement cottage in Suffolk and we talked and she told me all the things that she remembered from Titanic and the astonishing thing was nobody had ever interviewed her before. And how old she was she when how old was she, she was, when she was on the ship? She was only about 22. Oh, but and enough so she to have remembered a... very well and she uh, saved a baby and uh, the baby the woman had abandoned her baby and left it on the deck uh, an officer picked it up and gave it to Violet, who was in the lifeboat. She had a eider down she'd bought from one of her cabins, and she wrapped it around the baby and held it all night. The following morning, when she was hauled onto the Carpathia, still carrying the baby, the, the child's mother was there, had reached the ship by another lifeboat, seized the baby, and never once attempted to thank the woman who had saved its life. So she was a remarkable woman. Now, there's Monday, nothing easier than Monday, Monday night or Monday quarterbacking looking yes. back on this what what went leaving aside obviously hitting the iceberg was a big mistake but i mean what went wrong in the evacuation what would have been done differently if if everything was done uh, correctly well i think there would have been uh, real supervision at the lifeboats as to who was getting in and who was not getting in a lot of crewmen just got in because they knew the men who were supposed to be stopping them uh, one engineering officer was saved they all drowned which is why to this day, officers in the uh, engineering officers in every Navy and uh, even aircraft in the world have a purple stripe between their gold stripes on their arm in memoriam of their colleagues on Titanic. That was from George V. He I didn't so know that. I yeah. did not know that. Interesting. Every, every officer in the world. And was there a preference for first-class passengers? First-class passengers did better than, than immigrants, of course. If you look at the surviving rates, you can see that the, the most appalling uh, losses were in the steerage class, the immigrant class. And do you think that was because it took them longer to get up to deck or, well, or, or were, a class they, preference? They, they were not near the boat deck. They were on either end of the ship. The boat all up on the first-class deck amidships. Some of them got in, some of them managed. Uh, some of them were ingenious and managed to, one man slid down a rope because he saw a lifeboat uh, underneath the ship and he and a, a woman he had befriended by the railing jumped over and slid down the rope. They, their hands were bleeding, but they landed in the lifeboat. They got away. And so there were uh, contrasting things. Ismay, Bruce Ismay, who was a White Star Lines managing director, was on board. 
and he met uh, Mrs. Ryerson, one of the first class passengers, and said, we're in amongst the icebergs. And Emily Ryerson said, of course, you, you will slow down. And Ismay said, oh, no, we'll put on one more boiler and get out of it. Well, he was, he was criticized later for being what he called, the press called a kind of super captain who was telling the captain what to do, but he maintained he was just a passenger. Ah. He clearly wasn't. John, we only have 30 seconds left. Uh, in a nutshell, what was your appraisal of that huge movie, Titanic? Uh, I thought it was technically fascinating, but uh, a soap opera, with a ship full of so many dramatic stories to have created... Uh, a rubbishy story uh, about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio befriending a, an heiress in the first class was just uh, appalling. I, 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 what I like to do is look at it with the sound turned down, and then I can see the wonderful technical effects, but don't have to listen to the words. Well put. Hey, John, thank you so much for writing this book and for spending some time on your, out of your weekend to tell us about it. Thank you, Rudy. It's been a great pleasure. Take care. John Maxtone Graham's uh, new book is called Titanic Tragedy. Its subtitle is A New Look at the Lost Liner. It's published by W.W. W. Norton. You can get it in the usual places like bookstores and Amazon.com. It's a fascinating read about a, a story that seems to fascinate us endlessly. Stick around. Up next, how to access the black books of concierges around the world. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com. Ireland invites you to the exclusive Cliff Corknickles. Intrigued by Cliff Corknickles? It's simple. After gasping at the Cliffs of Moher, too exhausted to talk, one starts listening to the chronicles of the locals in Cork, known for spinning a good yarn. Bring a fresh pot of tea, because in a land famous for its wool, the yarn can last all night. Cliffs of Moher, Cork, Chronicles, Cliff Corknickles. Flex that mouth and brace those ears. Take a vacation from the typical vacation. DiscoverIreland.com Find great value vacation offers at DiscoverIreland.com If you're like me, you have personal belongings that you hold dear. Belongings you can't live without. It's precisely why GEICO makes it easy to get renter's insurance for a really low rate. Renters can protect all their personal belongings for as little as $12 a month. What belongings do I hold dear? This karaoke machine and my vinyl record collection. You fancy a tune? Nah, I shouldn't. All right, then. Are you going to Scarborough Fair? Visit geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to the show. If you go to RudyMaxa.com, there's other stuff you could do. You know, for many of our stations, I do Monday through Friday. It usually airs during morning drive time of uh, this station. Uh, I do a thing called a travel minute, Rudy Maxa's World Travel Minute. If your station doesn't carry that, which some of them don't, or if you missed a couple, or if you're just curious about what I talk about during those travel minutes, Head on over to Rudy Max's World, and right there on the homepage at the top, you can click on Travel Minute, and you'll see every one I've done. They go on for days, days and days. Well, they're only a minute long, but uh, there are a lot of them there. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows you might have missed. You can forward those 
podcast by the hour to if there's a s interview in there or something in the news that you'd like a friend to know about feel free to do that and my blog is there as well uh, travel minutes are posted there and i also uh, blog sort of at greater length about eh, interesting hotels i might stay in or interesting experiences i've had while on the road so you can find that all at the radio show website at rudy r-u-d-y maxa m-a-x-a rudymaxa.com feel free podcast travel minute blog it's all there. What a website, rudymaxa.com. You may not know this. Canada was the first nation to figure out that national parks were a good idea. Uh, parks Canada has put together one of the world's largest networks of protected places, 42 national parks, 167 historic sites, four marine conservation areas, and... Uh, uh, National Geographic has just come out with a brand new book, which is sort of the, which is the definitive guide. It's called Guide to the National Parks of Canada. It's a handsome volume. You can uh, order it by going to the National Geographic's website, um, and it's a really wonderfully detailed look at the National Parks of Canada. And uh, to expand on that little uh, a little bit, uh, John Thompson, the director of National Celebrations for Parks Canada, is joining us for a few minutes on the phone. John, welcome to uh, uh, Rudy Max's World. Nice to have you in it. Well, great to be uh, great to be with you, Rudy. Thanks I so think most Americans know Banff because of uh, uh, in Alberta because of the ski Lake Louise and the skiing areas. But uh, going through uh, the National Geographic Guide to the National Parks of Canada, I found parks uh, fascinating parks on both coasts and in the middle of the country that I didn't know existed. And the pictures make me want to hop on a plane or a car and get there. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, Banff was our first national park. It's still the most famous uh, and uh, Prince William and Princess Kate were there uh, two days ago, uh, but they were also on one of the parks out on the East Coast on Prince Edward Island, the home of the Anne of Green Gables story, uh, which, of course, the princess is a uh, very, uh, very big fan of. So we've got a huge range, and uh, there are a lot of parks that are close to the United States. There's some that you can even see from the United States. Uh which means for those of us, as I live in Minnesota, I mean, Canada's a, a nearby neighbor. Those of us who are in the States, uh, particularly along the northern rim of the United States, can drive right across and uh, and help themselves to your parks, right? Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, there's an enormous range of activities. Uh, you know, the most popular activity is still walking, uh, which is uh, accessible to just about everyone. And even, even people with mobility challenges, we increasingly have uh, trails and things that are accessible to people in wheelchairs. And uh, so we really welcome everybody, and uh, we offer service in English and French in every part of the country, which is uh, a value to international visitors often and people from eastern Canada. Is there a charge to visit, or is there a particular pass that might be wise to buy most, if you're going to spend... Most of the places have an entry fee. They're all very modest, uh, kind of in the, the 4 to $12 range, depending on the size of the park and the scale of the accommodations. But you can also buy uh, a year-long pass that gets you into every national park and every historic site for about $80 for an adult and a little over $100 for an entire family for an entire year, which, if you're doing a tour through Canada, is a great deal. How does and, one find uh, out how to buy that annual pass? You can, uh, you can order that uh, on the Parks Canada website, which is uh, parkscanada.gc.ca. Uh, uh, or GC you can buy it at it? any of our places when you arrive to start your visit. What, is, what, is that, what does GC stand for? Government of Canada. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> we just put .gov, Ben. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we have uh, the Canadian version uh, up here. So, 
And, Can I get uh, you, you know, some of the new things that we have in our parks is we're really expanding accommodation. People traditionally think of a national park as being a wilderness where you have to bring your own gear, set up your own campsite. But uh, increasingly now people are looking for uh, the place to stay to be waiting for them when they get there. And we are putting little cottage-like structures in many of our national parks. And, and if you visit the, the park websites, you'll see where those are available. Um, they're, they're called yurts. I don't know if you know what a yurt is, but it's, it was originally the portable dwelling of a Mongol tribesman that could be carried on a horse and set up. But they actually are like a, a cottage about 30 feet in diameter. They're circular, and they have beds in them and uh, oftentimes a little fireplace and uh, so people can show up, and, and their bed is, is literally waiting, uh, and they can uh, kip out in a national park in the beauty of nature um, without having to have any camping gear at all. John, we only have 30 seconds. Would you recommend uh, booking those ahead of time online? Absolutely, yes. I would think so. And uh, give me your favorite national park in Canada. Let me get you in a little trouble. Oh, well, you know, I'm from British Columbia, so I'm pretty partial to Gulf Islands, and you, you can see that one from San Juan Island uh, in the United States. But, you know, my other big favorite is another island, Cape Breton, up in the northeast of Canada. Uh, there's also an incredible historic site there with the recreation of the Fortress of Louisbourg. Great. John Thompson, thanks for giving us a quick glimpse at uh, uh, Canada's national parks. And let me again commend our listeners to this new National Geographic book, Guide to the National Parks of Canada. You can get it at the National Geographic website. Uh, it really is a definitive guide. If you're going to visit up north, grab it. John, thanks so much. Have a lovely weekend. You too. Thanks again. I didn't know that uh, Canada was the first country to establish a dedicated National Park Service. Well, good for Canada. We'll be right back. We're going to talk to, well, we're going to introduce you to a really interesting travel website. CEO is going to explain it. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. My wireless internet bill was really adding up. So to save some money, I just used my neighbor's unpassword protected Wi-Fi for free. It's unpassword protected because the signal doesn't go outside of the house. Now get off my couch. Not to mention I recharge my laptop for free. Mm-hmm, not free. And while I wait for all my downloads, they really need more bandwidth. I just grab a soda. Not much of a diet fan, but beggars can't be choosers. You're not begging, you're just choosing neighbors are great there's an easier way to save get online go to geico.com get a quote 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance heritage for the blind reminds you to be kind there's something you can do for those who depend on you call 1-800-DONATE-CARS 1-800-DONATE-CARS today Heritage for the Blind is an IRS-recognized charity, and your donation is tax-deductible. Whether your car runs or not, we'll tow it away for free. And as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day hotel voucher to one of many exciting locations. So be a star. Donate your car. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS or call 1-800-555-6689. And remember, you can prevent blindness by getting your eyes checked annually. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS, 1-800-DONATE-CARS, today, today. Attention savvy travelers, Rudy Maxa here. If you're like me, you can't afford to take chances when you travel. You need medical evacuation service that's dependable and won't cost you a fortune in hidden fees. You need MedJet Assist. As a member, if you're hospitalized over 150 miles from home, MedJet will arrange medical transfer to the hospital of your choice free of charge. Believe me, you won't find protection like this from any other company, which is why I'm a member. It's time to travel smarter. Visit TakeTripsNotChances.com and sign up today. MedJet Assist. 
Fake trips, not chances. If you're the mother of a child with behavior problems, I'd like to talk to you. My name is Janet Lehman. I'm a behavioral therapist and a mom. I know what it's like when the child you love becomes a defiant, out-of-control child who disrespects you. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the program that tens of thousands of moms are now using to turn around their child's behavior. If you've heard about the Total Transformation and wondered if it will work for you, now you can try it for free. I'm willing to give away a thousand programs today for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. I know the total transformation works because I used these techniques with my own son and with troubled kids for over 30 years. Let me prove to you that it works by giving you the program for free. Call now. 1-800-586-1440. 1-800-586-1440. That's 1-800-586-1440. This segment of the program is brought to you by MedJet Assist. Unlike other evacuation services, only MedJet Assist lets you decide which hospital will be your final destination. Regardless of the nature of your illness or injury, if you're hospitalized while traveling, they'll be there for you. So take trips, not chances, and visit MedJetAssist.com or go to RudyMaxa.com and look under radio sponsors for more info. And if you do sign up for MedJetAssist.com, I think if you mention the code MAXA, M-A-X-A, they might knock 10% off the price. I haven't tried it lately, but they used to. Check it out. It's 43 after the hour. You know the passing this week of Apple founder Steve Jobs led to a, to a sudden worldwide interest in a commencement address he gave in 2005 at Stanford University in Northern California. Now, in this speech, Jobs, who at that point knew he had pancreatic cancer, urged graduates to follow their own passions, not to live someone else's life, to take chances the way he did. He was an adopted kid with only a smatter of college education. He said failure is a great teacher, that since we all know we're going to die someday, there's no reason not to dare to be great and listen to our hearts because we have a limited time on these er this earth. In a way, that's sort of the message of my next guest, Matthew Matt Walker. He's a mountain guide who came to understand that climbing didn't just get him to the top of high places. It also taught him about life, gave him some confidence, and he grew up to found a company called Inner Passages. It uses outdoor adventure to teach leadership development to both individuals and organizations, and he's got a new book called Adventure Adventure in Everything that explains his philosophy might be summed up in this quote from the book. When you approach everything with the spirit of adventure, you infuse your life with vitality and radiance. Now, Matthew, that's a big promise. How many people in America do you think wake up in the morning and face their life with a spirit of adventure? Thanks for having me on, Rudy. I'm not <laughs> sure how many. Probably not, not as many as we'd like. And not enough. <laughs> not enough. But right. I think you know, this, this week with uh, seeing this, the, the speech, the commencement address from Steve Jobs, seeing it shared everywhere, having people talk about it, I think that really, um, you know, I think people want that in their lives, and they're looking for that, and they're, they're looking for, to bring that forward. Your book, Adventure and Everything, is it really had its genesis in your starting to be a climber and applying what you learned on the side of a mountain to life. Am I, is that a fair summation? Yeah, that's correct. So, um, you know, I spent the better part of 20 years climbing all over the world. And what I learned from those expeditions and those, those climbs was, uh, was, I was you know, that, that I kept getting pulled back to have those experiences 
And, um, but I wanted to be able to figure out a way to bring that experience, that, that level of inspiration and energy and vitality back into my everyday world and not have to just escape to go find that. So adventure travel taught me how to, how to, uh, how to have that level of, of energy and adventure, and I wanted to figure out a way to bring it back. And how do you bridge the gap between something that is clearly an adventure and something called a job? What I, what I call identifying the five elements of adventure, which is high endeavor, uncertain outcome, total commitment, tolerance for adversity, and great companionship. And the idea being if we can, if we can approach our lives from, with the lens of those five aspects, those five elements, and apply them to our work, our significant relationships, the community we're, we're involved in, and a wide lens, and on a daily basis, it allows us to have that vitality, energy, and inspiration that Steve Jobs is referring to. Well, one of those five certainly applies to my career, which is called uncertain outcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uncertain outcome, I think that's the, that's the, uh, that's the crux for, for many of us right now, how to handle uncertainty in our lives. And what I, what I firmly believe um, and what I've, what I've seen time and time again is that uncertainty is actually a gift. It's the thing that actually helps us stay that much more engaged and involved in our lives. When, um, when we, we try and control the uncontrollable, that just leads to anxiety and, 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 and increases challenge, and that uncertainty allows us to be able to engage in a more deep and meaningful way. Not, yeah. not necessarily easy, but, uh, but, but, but it definitely increases our capacity to be able to in, engage with others in our community in ways that, that uh, you know, we may be shut off from. You know, that's interesting. I spent a lot of years as a Washington reporter and met a lot of bureaucrats, and I put quotes around that, uh, who, because they had no uncertain, they knew they were going to be in the government for 30 years and nobody could fire them. They had lived pretty dull lives. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If, if, if everything kind of falls into place the way that we, uh, you know, the, the way we sometimes hope and pray that it will, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't demand that much from us. And so uncertainty is a key, key thing to have in, in those things that have the most meaning for us. And I challenge people to think about those aspects of their life with the most meaning, that they're deeply entwined with that uh, idea of uncertainty. Matthew, I'm sorry, we only have 15 seconds left, Matt, but you, you take people out, uh, corporate, corporate people and individuals out, to bring this lesson home, don't you? We do. We take people on, on trips and climbs all over the world and uh, on the west, in the, in the mountains on the west of the United States as well. And you're trying to teach more than just how to climb a mountain. Yeah, we, we infuse teaching how to climb a mountain and how to bring this, these aspects into our businesses and into our daily lives. That's correct. Matthew Walker's book is it's a new one. It's called Adventure in Everything. It's published by Hay House. Uh, go to the website adventureineverything.com to learn more about the book as well as about what Matthew does. Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. We'll be right back with some deals of the week. Stick around. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back. It's 52 minutes after the hour. You're in Rudy Maxa's World as we come to the end of the first hour. Uh, you know, we often do deals of the week here. Let me just 
This is one that's already expired. It came across my desk, I think, on Wednesday, and it's only good for two days. It's one of those living social deals, you know, from, like, Groupon, livingsocial.com. As I say, it's no longer in effect this weekend, but I thought you'd get a kick out of it. It was you, – you, you were invited to pay $99 a night to stay for with you and five friends, six guests at a room, a regular double room at the Radisson Bloomingdale near the Mall of America, out between St. Paul and Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you got six passes to the Water Park of America that the hotel is attached to. Mall of America, of course, is North America's second largest mall, 525 retail shops, 50 restaurants, a Nickelodeon Universe theme park covered in the middle of the, the place. I was $99 a night for six people in a hotel with tickets to the water park, six tickets. Ah, six people in the same hotel room. I don't know. That is not a deal of the week to me, but it was to some people on Living Social. Hundreds of people bought it, I saw, when I clicked on it. Anyway, let me remind you of a couple deals I gave you this month because there are no deals on New Year's weekend. Everybody's charging too much. You know that. But coming up in January, this is sort of the trough of travel, and except at ski resorts, you can get some special deals. So uh, give me the old sounder there, Jeff, to signifying we're doing deal of the week. Yeah. Ah, the RMW cash register. There it goes. Um, well, you, you may remember I gave you this one a couple of weeks ago. I want to do it again. It's from Hyatt, and it's good through February 29th. If you stay at participating Hyatt's more, at least two nights, they're going to give you a $75 what they call welcome credit, which means you can use it toward food and drink or whatever their services are provided within the hotel's environment. If you stay three nights, you get $125 welcome credit. If you stay four nights or more, you get $150. That's not inconsiderable. In some cases, that might be like getting a night for free. Um, it's good as they're only participating Hyatt's, uh, and Hyatt resorts in North America, resorts, I underline that word, in North America are excluded. But they're good at Hyatt hotels, uh, not only in North America, but also in Europe, Africa, Middle East, Asia, Pacific, and Latin America. The code you need, the welcome code you need to know is W-E-L-C-R-E, welcome credit, WELCRE, W-E-L-C-R-E. Um, but make sure your hotel's participating before you get too excited here. In Bermuda, February is the Feel the Love Month. Well, actually, this promotion is valid from uh, January 16th to March 16th. So it sort of straddles all of February and goes a little bit into uh, uh, March and starts a little early as well. Um, this is, I'm trying to get to the website so I can tell you a little about it. This uh, uh, this is this is one of these, pack it's not a package, this is one of these offers that's got all kinds of stuff. For example... You'll get a free night stay at participating hotels if you stay at least three nights during this Feel the Love Month. You'll get discounts at more than 50 Bermuda retailers and restaurants. You'll get entree to, to uh, cultural attractions on Bermuda, et cetera. It's quite a grab bag of stuff. But if you were thinking of going to Bermuda between January 16th and March 16th, the weather, you know, it's off the coast of North Carolina. A lot of people think Bermuda is in the Caribbean. It's not. It's off the coast of North Carolina. So it's not technically even in the Caribbean. But it's got the uh, blessing of the Gulf Stream, so the waters keep the climate fairly temperate all winter. Though, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You could get rain. You get gorgeous weather. You could get golf weather. Uh, but it's a beautiful island, whether it's raining or not, a great place to go. So check it out by going to this website, gotobermuda.com. All one word. Go to Bermuda.com and find out more details on Feel the Love Month. The nice thing about Bermuda, uh, besides the lovely topography, the kind people, and the uh, cleanliness of the island, it's a perfect little place, uh, the nice thing is, is it's very close. You can get there very, very easily. You know, I was looking at the website called, um, uh, it's called Travel Hum, or excuse me, WorldHum.com, and there was an article in there in which uh, someone interviewed 
a lot of travel writers about their their favorite books. I've interviewed some of these authors in the course of the the year. We had Rachel Friedman on uh, talking about her book, The Good Good Girl's Guide to Getting Lost. But it reminded me of my favorite travel book of the year, which is Paul Theroux's book called The Tao of Travel. Now, this is not a Paul Theroux novel. It is not one of his wide-sweeping travel books like his uh, uh, some of his classic books are. It's a collection of pull quotes from any number of travel writers, including Paul Theroux himself, um, but some of them were terrific. I marked a few here, uh, like this one. This is uh, this one was written by Paul. Any country which displays more than one statue of the same living politician is a country which is headed is headed for trouble. Keep that in mind. I've always uh, always liked that one. Then there's pardon me while I flip pages here. Uh, let's see, let's see what do I like here? I've marked them all with a little. Um, this is also by Paul. The train offers the maximum of opportunity with the minimum of risk. Think about that. Pretty true, isn't it? Pretty true. This one is, this is from Samuel Johnson in, uh, in Life of Johnson. He wrote, in traveling, a man must carry knowledge with him. If he would, bring home knowledge. And one of my favorite things that uh, Paul does is toward the back of the book, he lists some of the places where he could just settle down and stay forever, uh, where he'd like to, to live, um, including uh, Bali. He said he traveled there in the 70s. He wanted to quit his job, summon his wife and two children from Singapore and spend the rest of my life on that fragrant island. He wanted to live in a rural village in northern Thailand, Costa Rica, Egypt, not Cairo, but maybe in a houseboat on the Upper Nile. The book is called The Tower of Travel. It's by Paul Theroux, T-H-E-R-O-U-X. It's one of my favorites this year. Hey, thanks for joining me this first hour of Rudy Max's World. We'll be right back. Yep. been listening to Rudy Max's World and as always you're hearing must hear radio on the SSI radio network